The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Isn't it amazing how complicated social skills are? Today's podcast is going to focus on social skills in a brand new book that I adore called What Can I Say by Katherine Newman. So I hope you enjoyed the conversation. She is an amazing human and um, social skills. <laughs> it's not like bringing oxygen. We have to actually teach them and um, they're hard to figure out. Let's keep calm and mother on. Mothering is way too important to do alone and way too serious to be serious all the time. My name is Christy Thomas and I am here shoulder to shoulder with you, mothering and enjoying life together. This is the podcast where you can focus on being mindful and taking a deep breath with me and learning new things so you can pause and savor the amazing life you already have. I am over the moon to have Katherine Newman back today. She just wrote an amazing book and it's called What Can I Say? And two years ago, we got to have her on the podcast for the, is it called How to Be a Human? It's called How to Be a Person. How to Be a Person. Thank you. How to Be a Person book, which was all sorts of like practical to-dos about vacuuming and scrambled eggs and how to sew a button, which thankfully my child learned from her and then taught me. So welcome, Catherine. Thank you, Christy. I'm so happy to be back. So this book is another favorite how-to guide, which is something I know you like, is how-to guides. That's true. How Me or them? <laughs> both. They're, right? They're, how-to guides are just fun to pick up and read. In this book, you, you've once again partnered with Debbie Fong, who does amazing illustrations. But it's about how to say the right thing, like super helpful social skills. How did you decide that was the next book? Okay, that's a great question. And there, there's really two answers to that. One is that after the How to Be a Person book came out, um, we got tons of mail. I got it personally. Story got a lot of mail. Mostly it was people sending videos of themselves making quesadillas. So I have <laughs> now a library of like 50 videos of nine-year-olds making quesadillas, which I never don't want to get. You know, I'm always like, yes, bring it. That's you know, amazing. So, so awesome. But then when people wrote and were like, I wish you had included this, it was always um, social skills. So somebody wrote, um, we got a couple letters saying, I wish you'd um, said something about dating, mm -hmm. um, which is really funny because it really wouldn't have fit in in that first book. No, like, not at all. You, but you did kind of, I think yeah, you touched on like how to yeah. make a phone call, right? And how to send an email. Absolutely. So people wanted to know about that and people... Um, and then there were really specific questions, like somebody wanted me to write a book that included something about um, how to talk to your grandparents. 
And somebody wanted me to include in a book, um, like how to talk to the person you're sitting next to on the school bus on the way to a field trip. I'm not kidding. This was the most specific request. But in a way, I think they were reading my text message with one of my kids (laughs) the other day because she was sitting next to someone. She's like, I know her name, but like we never talk. Right. So these and in a way, it was like when I talked to my editor, we were like, right, this, these things all fit together. This is a book that we're going to do about social skills. And the other thing I do in my life is I've written the real simple etiquette column for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so I think of this book as um, an etiquette book, but I don't, I don't mean that in the, like, when the stodgy fork way. I really don't care when you use a salad fork or if you use a fork at all. Like I, my own table manners are terrible. Like that's not my thing. Right. But I do care. I think of etiquette as, um, you know, given that our relationships are probably our greatest asset, Mm -hmm. right? That's the thing for me. If you were going to say, what's the meaning of life? I'm going to say it's our relationships. For me, it's love. It's human connection. So given that, how do we make those better? How do we make them more robust? And, um, and those are teachable skills. Like we don't always think to teach them, but all of them are teachable skills. And anyone who has a kid, like it almost ironically, or perhaps surprisingly, the kids who are really learning this stuff often are kids with cognitive differences or kids who are in like OT, like kids who do occupational therapy. Yep. Or speech therapy, speech pathologists have taught my kids some of these skills. Right. So your non-neurotypical kid or your kid with like different abilities might actually, someone might really deliberately be teaching your kid these things. Mm -hmm. And that's really fantastic. But otherwise we kind of assume it's in the air they breathe. But it isn't really. It's not in. I've done research as I've had late talkers <laughs> and I've gotten these big books that are basically for teachers. And it's like step by step. And yeah. there are white posters you put on the wall. But like it's it's not friendly and it's not written towards a kid. Right. Right. So the idea that we just are hoping that our kids learn, you know, curiosity and empathy mm-hmm. and um, how to express gratitude, how to be flexible, like the things that make our relationships really good and really rewarding mm-hmm. and that aren't just us moving through the world imagining that we're the only person that matters. Yeah. Know? Basic, really basic stuff. Yeah, it, this book is so helpful in that way. You've got quizzes, you've got funny illustrations, you've got nerdy facts. Um, it really held each of my kids' interests. It held my own. Like, I'm reading this, I was like, oh, that's a much better way to think about this when I'm dealing with, uh, like, how to be angry or, like, some of these tips. They're so basic, but how to be human or how to say the right things, it's just hard. It's really, really hard. And we can feel like so nervous about it. I just gave a talk to like 400 adults and I realized, and it wasn't about parenting. It was really just about being an adult. Yeah. And I realized that I was tapping into all the same touch 
touchstones that I do in this book for kids. And, and the, the conclusion I drew for myself was this is just really hard. We just don't know. It's really hard. It takes a lot of practice to be kind yes. and to figure out how to say the right things. And I think with the kids that are going to potentially pick up and read it, what's your target age group for this, Catherine? We call it, it's so funny, we call it a middle grade book. And I think of that as nine to 12. But I think younger kids are going to pick it up because of the illustrations. Mm -hmm. And I think people are sending their kids to college with it, which I love. Just like your other book is on like graduation <laughs> lists. Yeah, just the best. So I love that. Um, so I, but that's, you know, our target range is that kind of middle grade. Yeah. And with how the illustrations are done, it doesn't feel babyish. It's something that an older kid yeah, or a grown yeah. up can pick up. It yeah. feels more graphic novel like versus. Yeah, I love, I'm so glad that's, you know, Debbie Fong, who's the illustrator. Um, she's just the best. And she just brings so much of her own, like, compassion and humor and empathy to the illustrations. And always it makes everything better. Like, however I pictured something, then she illustrates it. And it's like. Perfect. Yeah. And I want to throw this out there, right? Because we're going to launch this podcast before publication day. So if you go pre-order this book, you can go get some of the cool stickers of Debbie's illustrations from this book. And you need to do that by May 23rd because the book comes out on May 24th. That's right. Thank you for plugging that. Yeah. So Debbie Fung um, illustrated these sticker sheets for pre-order and they're awesome. And also she runs her own business called Pomo Press. And my daughter and I have been members of her sticker club, Ooh. I think, for like two and a half years. And that means that every month we get a sheet of stickers. In That's the mail so fun. On this, like, in the envelopes, like, hand lettered. Anyway, Tomo Press. Okay, sticker. we're going to link this in the show notes yeah. because this is going to be yeah. something that... Oh, I yeah, join right. personally. And you're going to ask me about family fun, and I'm going to save that. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> you know, stickers are so much fun. And the fact that, like, there's a sticker for the, when you pre-order this book, there's a sticker that has hashtag awkward, and I know exactly where I think my kid is going to stick that. <laughs> like, I already know who's going to claim it and where I think it's going to go. So I can't wait to see if it right happens. I'm going to let the toilet plunger. Boom. <laughs> Awkward. Hashtag awkward. There are so many uses. So what I like about this is, right, as you've already alluded, your deathbed wish is not like all of our deathbed wishes aren't to be a jerk to other people. It's to have stronger relationships and social skills, especially with this group of kids who've been a little bit out of yeah. touch with other people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or just with their own people, right? Like our own families may be tighter, but they don't know how to deal with people that are different than them or how to yeah. start navigating these relationships again. I know yeah. <laughs> both of my kids' schools are really seeing like an uptick in like bullying and aggression and some immaturity that they don't expect for kids their ages uh just because pandemic yep. it's been it's so hard for these kids and they are kind of getting back into it and they do need i think a refresher you know just a good faith refresher they're not yeah, you know, they're not. Trying to be jerks. I think all of us need it. Like, hey, practicing being human in a crowd is so hard. 
I would, even as I was saying that, Christy, I was just thinking, oh my God, it's so me too. Like we were camping with friends over the weekend and at a certain point I like slid into the tent, uh-huh. like hoping nobody would notice. <laughs> because I was just like, okay, that's a lot of humaning Uh-huh, yeah, the, just the small talk, yeah. all the things. Yes, it's so true. I know, and you know, I talk a lot, I mean, both in this book and um, in the etiquette column and just in general, you know, that other people's otherness, like it's what is so special about other people and it is what can make it really, really hard. And it's why empathy and compassion are so important, right? Where you're like, why on earth would you? And then you're like, okay, I'm just gonna recenter you're different from me like and i think that is like the key part of motherhood like if we can just embrace that in motherhood that is the biggest lesson and gift we can give our kids yeah that is when you say that i remember i used to nag my son he's 22 now but when he was younger he didn't like to read and reading is like my whole entire it is your air isn't it Words and reading, like what I do professionally. Uh I I like get into bed with a book, and I always assumed that reading was or should be this like universally beloved thing. Mm -hmm. And I assumed my kids would grow up to be readers because it's the thing I value. And and I remember at some point nagging my son about like, are you going to read something that's not the IKEA catalog? And he was like, mama, I don't nag you about like when you're going to learn to play the piano, which was a thing mm-hmm. he was really good at and did all the time and still is incredible at. And he was like, I'm just different from you. And I was like, oh, slow <laughs> clap. <laughs> Noted, you know, but that idea somehow that that our children are going to themselves reflect us after you know whatever those assumptions are or be like Mm -hmm. us in a million ways that is you're so there are so many ways they're different than us which right that's the other thing is that we assume in your book does a really good job of expressing this that what we think is normal right like you expected reading was normal to you yes yes as opposed to that it was a particular value Mm -hmm. of mine that came from the culture I was raised in, that came from my own inclinations. It's so true. And like, again, just to bring it to the adult world, like the real simple column, we get a lot of questions that are like, my in-laws, you know, are from Morocco and they eat with their hands. How do I tell them this is rude? And it's like, oh, you don't, it's not. (laughs) That's their normal. It's okay. Yeah, that, that it's just like this But I really think you're right that if we, I hadn't really thought of it this way, Christy, till you said it, but that one of the ways we really teach our kids that is by modeling to them that their differences from us are valued by Mm -hmm. us, not just tolerated, but like cherished. Yeah. I mean... That's a really good point. It's so hard, right? When I yeah. read this book, I think of all the ways that like I need need to practice it, not just with other people outside of my house, but these social skills that you think are like air are happening all day long in your house and the dynamics of it. Yeah. You have a litmus test 
of four behaviors. (laughs) I want to make sure that this alone is worth picking up the book and having someone else tell your kids, right? Because there's an age where magically kids need an expert to tell them that is other than you. Oh, I know. Oh, I, you can get your pediatrician to tell them anything, whether or not it's about health. And the kids will be like, okay, noted. You know, the pediatrician will be like, you should look up from your phone. And they'll be like, thank you so much for imparting that wisdom to me. You know, while you've said it like a hundred thousand. Yeah. The dentist can magically tell them why flossing is important, where I think I've said it every day of their life. No, right. Expert. So I am the expert bringing them this behavior (laughs) test. Yes, that's right. Um, so the behavior test, do you want to say a little about? <laughs> so so the behavior test, right, is just a good filter to decide if you're doing, if what you're doing, you should be doing. Yeah, exactly. Like, because the hope from a book like this isn't just that we manage to nail every possible scenario you may ever find yourself in, because obviously we're not going to do that. So what are some guiding principles to help you move through the world? Um, and so we distilled these, and I say we because this is always me and my kids um, who are so helpful with me. But um, so the golden rule test, mm-hmm. um, and that's, is this what you would want someone else to do or say if you were on the other side of the situation? Um And that is just empathy by another name. I mean, that's just trying to imagine what it's like to be somebody else, Mm -hmm. right? So so if you're saying something to somebody, is that what you'd hope they would say to you? And that's a really helpful check on um, all kinds of things you probably don't want to do. All kinds of things. Or just the tone, like all of it. (laughs) Right. Um, another of the behavior tests is, um, the universal test and that's, would the world be a better place if everyone acted this way? Um, and that's, that really helps with, um, checking certain kinds of impulses that are, I would maybe call like a little bit selfish where you're really just thinking about yourself moving through the world and you want something. And so you do something to make it turn out that way or to get that thing. And if everybody did that thing, you, you probably know that Mm -hmm. is not. Yeah. We can throw like recycling. Like there was a couple different things in here about how to be a better ally and how to make the better, better world, better, how to protest, how to be a good volunteer. Exactly. Um, The regret test is something that my family enacts constantly. And that's just a decision making tool of um, are you going to wish you'd done something different? And you can't really always predict. But, um, you know, I always the thing you're not going to be on your deathbed wishing you'd been a bigger jerk. I mean, I would practically have that made into a (laughs) T-shirt. Like I volunteer in a hospice um, and I will say no one in hospice is ever like, I rue the day I made up with my sister. You know, it's like people always are so relieved to have repaired relationships and regretful if they haven't and nothing else matters. Right. So not, I don't mean like your kids steeped in like end of life scenarios just between you and me (laughs) the only things people regret 
at the end of life, as far as I can tell, are relationships in disrepair. So I always feel like that move towards um, caring and repair, Mm -hmm. that's a huge one. And again, I have to make the side note, this doesn't mean you can't set boundaries, because I always just want to clarify. Oh, right. Yeah. The regret test might be saying forgiveness or uh, saying the piece and then not interacting anymore. Yeah, it could be that. Good Closing the door. Yeah. Um, the authenticity test, and this one is just a really subjective one, but it's, um, is this what you think is right and true on a gut level? Trust your instincts. So that test is supposed to help you check um, almost like the bad form of peer pressure to some extent. So if you're going along with the crowd, but you know, something's not right, you're excluding somebody, you're laughing at a joke that's being made at someone else's expense. You're there's some group mobilizing around doing something that's not right. You know, uh, if you check in with yourself and you know, it's not right. That's a really good way to um, keep yourself kind of in line. And the incredible thing is when you live like that, um, it's, you know, call it karma or just that you make the world that you live in, but you end up being a really happy person. It seems really scary to say no to the crowd or to be a little Especially when you're young and that's so important. It's hard for us and it's hard for kids. And then you end up um, being a person that people trust. And that is an incredible way to move through the world. One of my favorite pages in this book was the how to deal with with gossip. Ah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And your twist about positive gossip. (laughs) Which we do all the time. We always say like, oh my God, we were just gossiping about like how you're our favorite person to camp with. We were just (laughs) gossiping about like how awesome your haircut was. It's, I really love just turning the idea of gossip on its head to just being like a positive. Yeah, I love it. Like my kids and I, this was a page where I was like, oh my goodness, literally I am dying over the awesomeness. Like I have stole that phrase from your book. Oh, I'm so glad. I love that. And and they they smirk because they know it's not mine, which is even better. And then um and then we keep going. <laughs> I love it. But all these skills they're hard. Um, yeah, your the illustrations make them seem calm and cute, and and laughable situations. But these are some big topics. It's really really true. I know. I feel like the nice thing um, about being a person is, you know, you get a lot of reviews, like it is all mulligan. You get to try again. You get to wake up and start over. You get to screw up and make amends. You know, that's why apologizing is a great skill. Taking responsibility is a great skill. So the expectation isn't that you're perfect or that you're a perfect friend or a perfect person or that you don't screw up all the time <laughs> yep. that you're brave and you do your best and you make amends when you don't and you know how to say I'm so sorry I wish I had that to do over or I see that that hurt you and I didn't mean it that way or yeah you know I I should have 
been more careful when I was talking to you. <laughs> Those skills, um, I think we could change the world <laughs> if we can just get a couple more people <laughs> one at a time realizing how right. important those skills are. Right. I know. Right. The taking responsibility. Yeah. And is, just and just yeah. owning up. Yeah. Right. Owning up about like I messed up. I'm, I'm a human. Yeah. I'm going to mess up and I want to say I'm sorry and I want to do it better. Can we can we try it totally. again? I feel like the idea that you would learn as a child to take responsibility for your mistakes. Like I I actually feel like that's a bizarrely revolutionary thought. I think it is a bizarrely revolutionary thought. The fact that, that you have enough pride in who you are that you can. Right. And I think that's, I think, right. When I hear that people can't do that, it makes me sad because it makes me realize that they don't know who they are, that their worth isn't intrinsic to them. Oh my gosh. That's such a good point. When you know who you are and that you're loved and accepted, like your status doesn't matter. Like all of those things could disappear, but you can still pull a mulligan. That's so true. And, you know, I always think of and talk about Jessica Leahy's book, The Gift of Failure. And it's that book about, you know, raising kids who aren't afraid to make mistakes and kind of the incredible resilience and self-knowledge that comes from making mistakes. And, and that, you know, we're here to help our kids to support them as they try things that are hard or as they screw up or, you know, that's part of our job is to say, okay, like what next? You know, not like that's it. It's over, no, never. Like, yeah, what's next? Yeah. yeah. I- I'm still glad you're here. Like, let's, let's move yeah, it. Yeah. 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 Right. Let's, let's figure out what you do next to deal with this. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a really important message as we read all these awful stats from the CDC right now about teenage mental health. Um, I don't know if you've gone down that rabbit hole because your kids are older, but oh, man, yeah. oh, of it's a disaster. Sure. And if we can just yeah. let kids know that there's space to to have a hard moment and and then recover, right? Like their their mental health struggle isn't um isn't their forever label that there's tools and then they can. I think that's huge. And I feel like a lot of a lot of the TikToks my daughter has shown me, she she sees a lot of like TikToks that are about mental health and they are so funny and so generous and they create so much space for people to have like mental health crises and for that to be normal and okay and survivable. And I just am in love with the young people who are doing this work. Like it is, I, it is like the work of the gods to, create space for that and to create a place where kids can laugh about it. And for me, like what that is, is like empathy and action. Absolutely. Yeah. Where you are going to go out there with your thing. You're going to be, you're going to reveal yourself in the interest of like helping other people heal. That is such a beautiful thing. It is. And, and to be able to do it and, and, and to be able to listen when other people share, right? Like that's a big topic in your book is how to hold confidence. Um, there are so many things. Is there a skill in this book? I asked you this last time that was hardest <laughs> for you to, to master. I mean, I feel like um, 
I honestly feel like I am still really working as a person to be respectful of people's different opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean bigoted opinions, which I do not feel an obligation to be respectful of, just to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the thing I was saying earlier about like, you know, my kid not reading yeah. or whatever. I can read, just to be clear. But um, yeah, just the just recentering myself so that the fact that people I love are different from me. Yeah. <laughs> I can go with that with grace and love. Like I'm still just working on that. I assume I'll work on that until the second I take my last breath. I can't picture mastery. I, I think it's a lifelong skill, right? Like, yeah, that's I don't I think there's any mastery of that one of learning. <laughs> I, when I read your book, one of the skills that I would like to work more on and to let my kids practice more is the art of saying no. Um, uh, and and yeah. there's so much there about having your kid learn how to say no and then letting them practice on you often. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Because it's hard to have a kid say no to you, but it's we do want them to be able to advocate for themselves and, um, and set boundaries in all kinds of situations, situations that might be unsafe for them, but also that, you know, it's this really, I think of it as this incredibly precarious balance because on the one hand, I really want to raise this generation of people. And I think they are really inclined to do this, this generation I'm in love with them, but to be, see themselves always as a person in community. Yes. You are always the community. Your, your relationships are the thing, but also <laughs> at the same time. And I think about this, I have thought about this historically more as a skill. I worry a lot about um, for girls or, or um, female identified people like not to be a pleaser. Yes, not exactly. Your life to pleasing people, right? Not being paralyzed with fear about saying no to somebody or setting a limit or not going on a date with them or even, and this one is really hard, not pursuing a friendship with somebody, even though they really, really want to. And those are painful human issues that happens to us as adults still, how do you be inclusive, but somehow also leave room to say no to um, to people you don't want in your right. life? Right, because not every human is meant for you. That's right, and that and so I feel like what we want is for kids to bring some of those basic things that we talked about before to bring their authenticity and their self knowledge to a situation along with a lot of compassion, right? Mm-hmm. So you can say, someone can ask you out on a date and you can say no, but you don't need to shame them in the process. You don't need to gossip about them behind their back. Mm-hmm. You don't need to make them feel like they're unworthy. So just these incredible balances yeah. of um, balancing what you want and need in the world with what other people want and need in the world but not ever imagining that just 
the only thing that matters is you. Right. <laughs> it, those skills in here, the scripts for like how to walk away from a friendship or how to um, break up with someone or how to be heartbroken. Right. There are big topics in here. And but it's all about like you get to hold compassion for yourself while offering it to yeah. others. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's some illustration. I can't remember what it is, but Debbie did some illustration about I think it's like when a friend steps away and of just like somebody like a parent with an arm around a kid and the kid has a cat in her lap. And I just love that. It's like the I love that because the impulse just like moving close to your people when they're hurting, yeah. just come and take, you know, it just, I, I, it's beautiful. I feel so much the care of that, of just like putting a protective arm around somebody who's hurting or reassuring somebody that they're valuable, even though somebody dumped them yeah. or, you know, they got their heart broken. Yeah. Or they didn't get the job they wanted or the part, right? Yes, like it doesn't that. have to be necessarily yeah. about a person. I, Absolutely. I've been really trying to remember, and this is maybe for the last like five or six years in particular, but to share my failures with my kids, because I think, you know, when they're little, it's like, you don't want to alarm them. You don't want to be right. like, this bad thing happened and like, I got fired and now we're moving or whatever. Like you do do a lot of stuff to protect them and make them you do. feel like they need to worry about it. To you. make their environment safe. But there's a point at which you might, if you're me, realize that you in fact have painted over all your own failures and disappointments. And that in fact, it creates this totally false sense for your kids that adult life is or should be all about everything going well. Every and so there was some moment where like it occurred to me that I, it honestly, the pandemic was a time our son got sent home from college and our daughter was home all the time. And I started to be aware, like, oh, here's a great moment. We're all here all the time. Like we can lift the veil on some of this stuff like that. Everything doesn't go well for us all the time that like their dad was on unemployment for a bunch of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. and Like I would pitch a story and not get it. Like just things that are just basic human disappointments. Mm -hmm. And it was so important to model those for them because I think it just, they, they understand that we're like happy, successful people in yeah. the big picture. But it's also really important to see that that doesn't mean that we don't have disappointments or, I mean, I remember even yelling out, looking at my Instagram feed, yelling out to my daughter, oh my God, I didn't get invited to a party. And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, it's such a real moment though. Like, great, this is just human life. It's fine. I'm not going to like, you know, crawl into a cave because of it. But just the idea that these things happen to us too. I think yeah. there's a, a time where it's good to remember that that might be something to share with your kids, just the transparency of like disappointment and, and screwing stuff up where I say, Ugh, I hurt somebody and I'm going to send an email because that was really a huge mistake. Yeah. Just to let them know that mistakes are being made every single day. Every single <laughs> Like day. not just with them where they can point it out and say, mom, I but know, like all sorts like of. Yeah. Just that you're, that you're moving through the world and you're doing your best and you're failing a lot of the time because that's how it is. Yeah. You the wrong thing. You, you know, make a false assumption. You, you know, hurt somebody by accident. Like that's just being a person. 
Yep, you show up, you show up poorly on a test and you're like all the things in yeah. life, right? Like everything feels so high stakes, I think, sometimes for this group of teens right now, too. Yeah, um, it, it's good to lower the bar of expectation. Yeah, that's right. There's room to make mistakes and make amends. Yeah, it doesn't have to be glossy perfect. That's so true. Yes. God, no. No, <laughs> I'm so glad I was a teen long before social media happened. Same. I think the same. I know I was 16 home in like my flannel nighty, like writing a family newsletter. I was such a dork. And the idea that I would have been held accountable for my time outside of school in some visible way. Yeah. Oh my God. What a horror. Yeah. No, I, I was the babysitter extraordinaire with the Mary Poppins bag of tricks. And so if you saw me at 16, I was probably putting face paint on myself to go oh hang out with four year olds. I love that. <laughs> it's so good. I know. Like, but, you know what? These I wanted are- to live the babysitter's club. <laughs> these kids, I think, are coming around to this again. Like, I feel, again, the thing I was saying before about TikTok, like, there, there's so much. I feel like these young people are making space for each other to be imperfect again. And I'm so thrilled. I love it so much. I feel like there's so much heart and compassion and intelligence in this world of young people. And I'm like so incredibly grateful. If you could say one more thing about your book to like push a mom to pre-order it, what would be your last, uh, last push? Catherine? Okay, I'll push this book the way I pushed my last book, which is I think this is a wonderful book to buy and leave out. You don't have to give it to somebody in some big deal, high stakes. Yep. It just suddenly is on your coffee table or maybe it's in the bathroom. Like who even knows? Nobody knows where it came from, whatever. I feel like it's just the kind of book that someone might leaf through with, if they don't feel like they're under a lot of pressure to read it or. Absolutely. So that's my push. I love the bathroom idea. Like this would be a great toilet read. (laughs) It's just in there. Who knows how it got there, right? Yeah. Like I can even imagine like some of my guests, my in-laws picking it up. Like it looks nondescript, but like it could, it could do some secret renegade, uh, teaching for all ages Good. i love that idea <laughs> maybe i'll leave it in grandparents bathrooms too fyi <laughs> if you listen mom and dad or my in-laws whoever's listening this book might just show up in your bathroom and you'll be like what i didn't know i had a book about pronouns and all sorts of newfangled things so <laughs> yeah right exactly <laughs> there is so much space where we all need these social skills so i'm glad you wrote it and i'm so glad you teamed together with debbie fong again uh, to make so it much. very much soft and graphic novelly, like instead of a little kid's book so thank you thank you so much christy it's so fun to get to talk to you again i am just delighted that you that we get to do this I'm so glad for the internet. So as we wrap up, I have two questions I ask every time. What is your self-care task right now? How are you taking care of yourself? I mean, I take care of myself by um, doing volunteer work. And I know that that is an unpopular opinion, but I that space of being like outside of my head, outside of my own imaginary and real problems um it is like the biggest key to my mental health um and my daughter is now a a big volunteer herself and she it's the big key to her mental health like 
I just feel like it's a huge gift to give yourself, even though it just feels like this other thing you have to do and put out for it. Obviously, if you have like 10 little kids at home, this is not for you. But like as your kids are growing up a little, just to um, be part of the world in that way, part of your community, it is the most nurturing thing for me. I, I, I love it because... I don't think you can ever feel alone if you're helping someone else, right? Uh, it's such a good, I've never thought of it that way, but that's such, that's exactly true. It's really true. You're the helper that Mr. Roger talks oh about. God, it totally feels good to be the helper. I'm like the least altruistic person to be clear. <laughs> I only do it because it like feels really good to me. But yeah. also like you're not alone and this world can feel really lonely. We live in an age of disconnection. Yeah. yeah. So... I love that that's your self-care and that you do it because it makes you feel good. And then you realize that you're helping. (laughs) I know It's really good. So how are you having fun as a family? That's the other one. The family fun idea. Um, The truth is we play a lot of board games. Oh, I was going to mention again. Sticker club again. Drop the plug. Yeah. Yeah. The Pomo Press Debbie Fong Sticker Club. You get a sheet of stickers every month. It is the most incredible thing. She hand letters the envelope. Everything is so beautiful. I keep the envelopes. I don't know what I'm planning to do with them, but they're like too pretty to recycle. So it sounds so delicious. I, you know what? I'm just going to leave it with Sticker Club. It's so fun and it comes in the mail and then you get this like incredible piece of mail and there's a theme to the stickers every month. It's like camping, robots. And um, so I just want to be clear that this is like my 19 year old daughter and me. We can't wait to get our stickers. Right. Because they're art. They are hand drawn. Like they are not the stickers you will find anywhere. They're amazing. Debbie Fong, Pomo Press, P-O-M-M-O. I found it on Instagram today when I was scrolling around trying to make sure I could tag her in my post about the book. I'm really glad. So I'm so excited because um, that's being added to my my list for today. Join the sticker club. (laughs) I'm really glad. We need more novelty in our life. Exactly. And that's what sticker club sounds like. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. So people should go pre-order your book. It comes out on May 24th. They need to pre-order it by May 23rd to get the stickers. But um, where else can they find you? Where do you want to direct them? Oh, I have a website. It's katherinenewmanwriter.com. That's probably the best place. And you can get directed from there to my Instagram, which is just like an account of photos of my cats. So, But, you know, there it is. What did you name your cat? There was a whole debate about your cat name. We named her Jellyfish. Fantastic. (laughs) I couldn't remember. I was like, did they name the cat? They must have named the cat by now. (laughs) Yeah, we did. I was pretty invested, but I forgot. (laughs) Darn algorithm. It it showed me the initial phases, but not the final. Well, thank you so much. I am glad you're here on Earth. I am so glad to know you. Likewise, Christy. Thank you so much. What a pleasure. You are exactly the right mom for your kids. And thanks for taking the time to listen to this. I hope you enjoyed it. Catherine Newman always makes me feel so excited to have a conversation. She's just a delight and her kids are older than mine. And I feel like I walk away um, with a pep in my step. So here's what I want you to know. 
you are not alone. And if you want to help spread that message, we have a new Keep Calm and Mother On merch store. And I will put that link in the show notes. Um, Just watch out for sales. It's through the Zazzle website. So please watch for a sale. Okay. Talk to you soon. And and now is your chance to pre-order What Can I Say so you can get those great stickers. Bye, everyone. Bye.